Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. There comes a time in every child's life when he or she learns the value of a day's work. For some children, this awareness comes with the first lemonade stand or at a family yard sale, at which a few of those piled up Happy Meals um, may be redeemed. The toys, that is. Maybe you've got a trash bag full of Beanie Babies. You know, those little stuffed toys that you've collected over the years and saved, hoping that one day you could cash them in and be rich. For a certain young boy named Bradley, he was eight years old, this awareness arrived one morning before breakfast. Somehow he managed to slip under the mother's, his mother's plate a folded piece of paper. It was a bill. Scrawled in crayon were these words. Mother owes Bradley for running errands 25 cents, for being good 10 cents, for taking piano lessons 15 cents, for extras 5 cents, total 55 cents. Bradley's mother smiled when she saw the note, but didn't say a word. As he returned for lunch, little Bradley discovered to his delight that at his place was a little pile of coins, 55 cents to be exact. He discovered something else as well, another folded piece of paper. He opened it, read it. In his mother's handwriting were these words. Bradley owes mother for nursing him through the chicken pox, nothing. For being good to him, nothing. For providing clothes, shoes, and playthings, nothing. For his playroom, nothing. For his meals, nothing. Total, nothing. Little Bradley got the point. He learned a valuable lesson that day, a lesson about love, that it has no price. Love, true love, is literally priceless. Out in this harsh and unforgiving world of ours, there are those who are all too eager to put a price on love. There are those who seek to market something that bears a superficial resemblance to love, of course, through various shady businesses that thrive in darkened nightclubs with flashing neon signs. But far more common and more insidious are those daily emotional transactions in which many of us become enmeshed. It's easy for grown-up people who ought to know better to practice the same sort of accounting demonstrated by young Bradley with his crayon bill for services rendered. The only difference is most adults would never even think about putting it down on paper. There may be no bill under the breakfast plate But still there's what the lawyers and politicians are fond of calling a quid pro quo. And that's Latin for this, for that. 
What I'm speaking about is a kind of scorekeeping approach to marriage or family life that can poison intimate relationships. The tally may be kept as purely mental construct, but make no mistake, the tally is there. Every act of kindness, every favor performed, every expression of affection comes with a price, which is the expectation that one day in the not-so-distant future, it will be reciprocated in kind. And if too many days pass by without a reasonable number of corresponding gestures, then resentment begins to build. Hostility rears its hideous head. In time, the breakfast table, the family room, and even the bedroom become battlegrounds. That's what happens when you put a price on love. Jesus never put a price on love. That's one thing that was absolutely and utterly consistent about his life as we read about about it in the Gospels. Never did he demand anything in payment for the love he extended to others. He always offered the gift free of charge and without any expectation that the gift would be returned in kind. We come to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where the Apostle Paul portrays just how wondrous a gift this is. It's a famous passage known as the kenosis passage. Kenosis is the Greek word meaning to empty, which figures predominantly in this passage. Listen carefully. Jesus casts aside equality with God, that which was his birthright, and he emptied himself of it and everything in this world. Jesus had it all, being co-equal and co-eternal with his Father in heaven, and yet coming into earth, he left the glories of heaven behind him. Those of us who are a little older know the story of the late Senator John McCain of Arizona. As a young man, McCain was a graduate of the Naval Academy, and in 1958 he received a commission from the U.S. Navy. He soon became a naval aviator. In 1967, while on a bombing mission, he was shot down, seriously injured, breaking both of his arms and a leg when he ejected from the, from the aircraft. He was subsequently captured by the North Vietnamese and was a prisoner of war for five and a half years. Now here's what's special about McCain. McCain's father and his grandfather were both four-star admirals in the Navy. He had a connection and the enemy wanted to exploit his relationships to their benefit. Nearly just a year into his captivity, he was offered release. The enemy hoped 
they could use his release for propaganda in order to demoralize the other POWs and get them to cooperate. But there was a code of conduct among the POWs that said that the first captured should be the first to be released. McCain was seriously injured and tortured during his imprisonment. No one would have blamed him for taking up the offer, but he refused, exposing himself to even more brutality for the next four and a half years. It was so serious, he actually attempted suicide twice and failed. McCain didn't choose this kind of service, the way of suffering. I'm sure he would have rather lived a normal, happy, privileged life into which he was born. Yet we look at Jesus, who chose to be emptied of privilege. It didn't just happen to him. He chose it. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Such was God's plan for our spiritual new life. It is expressed in Jesus' selfless action of emptying himself, taking the form of a servant. And it is lived out in his instruction to take up the cross and follow me. What price love. And Paul invites us into Christ's humble service as we take on his mindset. I don't know about you, but this is a difficult mindset, mindset to uh, adopt in our self-gratifying world. Who desires to play the role of a servant, and why? The answer really is quite simple. It is for others. Your family, your community, and your nation need people who have the mindset of Christ who willingly accept the position of a servant. And why would you accept such a role? Out of love for Christ, who gave himself for you so that your sinful desires might be overcome and you might live the Christ life. As Jesus showed us, the price of love is costly, but the reward is greater than any treasure. Like the story of the Good Samaritan, sometimes people who have the mindset of Christ in loving service might surprise you. Let me share with you one more inspiring story I read recently which illustrates this point. There was a story told by a prison chaplain who learned from three brothers named Jimenez of what price love can demand. All three Jimenez brothers were serving time in the same prison in Texas. This could only mean, he assumed, that the Jimenez brothers, sons of migrant workers, 
who had never had much access to education, were chronic lawbreakers, typical dead-enders. But he soon learned otherwise. As the chaplain spoke with the older brother, Juan, he learned that the two other brothers were both deaf. In fact, of this family, uh, original family of the five, the older brother was the only hearing member. Because the family was constantly on the move while the boys were growing up, the two deaf sons had received little in the way of special education. The family had been forced to develop their own sign language to communicate with one another. And Juan's role was clear. His job was to serve as the family's intermediary with the, he- the hearing world. Now, we all know jobs are hard to come by for children of migrants in any circumstances, but when those children are deaf, it is nearly impossible. The two deaf brothers became easy recruits for criminals searching for drug mules, low-level lawbreakers who transported illegal drugs. Not long after his two brothers were arrested, one, too, ran afoul of the law. The chaplain believed he did so deliberately in order to stay close to his brothers. After several years, the younger brother was released on parole. Six months later, when half of his 10-year sentence had been completed, Juan, too, was offered parole. He expressed his gratitude for the offer, but refused to accept it. He told the parole officer he could not leave the prison because his brother would have no means to communicate and would have been unable to complete the classroom education that had begun behind bars. So Juan accepted another five years of imprisonment just so he could help his brother. Juan's story is an eloquent testimony to the price of love. The price of love is so costly, yet Jesus spared not his own life so that he might bring new life to you and to me and to the world. Jesus said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. You see, it's in the nature of God, our triune God, to pay love's price at all costs, even death. And that's exactly what he did. Paul tells us, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So we see the participation of the entire Trinity at work on our behalf. Love's price is costly, but the rewards are great. Look at what happened to Jesus who didn't need to give his life for any reward other than knowing that his death secured our place with him in the realms of glory. He was already God's unique son. And yet Paul writes 
Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Little Bradley learned the cost of his mother's love through her service to him. John McCain foresaw that in all his pain and his sacrifice of staying with his brothers, his fellow comrades would benefit them if he could just be there to inspire them, maybe elevate their morale and encourage them to to hang on. And Juan Jimenez sacrificed his freedom from prison for the sake of his deaf brother so that he could help his brother finish his course in prison and have a chance for a normal life after his release. But Jesus, Jesus gave up all his prestige and rightful place at God's right hand in order to give us a seat with him at God's right hand. What price, love? It is costly, but oh, so beneficial to us. There is no higher price, in fact, than the price Jesus paid in shouldering a cross, in dragging it to Calvary, in being nailed upon it, and watching his life's blood drain out along with his last breath. Here is Paul's same exhortation, only from Jesus' lips. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Amen.